Good afternoon. My name is Nathan Didlake. I'm the pastor of Manahawkin Baptist Church, and I bring many greetings from the good people at my church. I love my church, and it's, it's exciting to see many of them here. So welcome, friends. And to friends that I have not met, it's good to have you here, and I look forward to many years serving Christ alongside you. To our friends that are listening on the radio, I pray that the Lord God of glory would bless you through the reading of scripture and prayer wherever you are. We begin by reading the third word of Christ. I'm actually going to read a a chunk of scripture around it. Uh, John chapter 19, 23 through 27. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. So they took Jesus. They went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull, which is an Aramaic called Golgotha. There they crucified him. With two others on either side and Jesus between them, Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priest said to the, of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom, so they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill scripture, which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things, but... Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her home, took her into his own home. Let's pray. God of glory, I thank you that Jesus Christ on the cross saw to his mother and that Mary stands as a testimony and a testifying witness to the good things that Jesus has done. I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be filled with humility and hope as we consider the ramifications of these words. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray this. Amen. Amen. Jesus has been crucified. Chapter 19, verse 23, begins with a simple, unemotional statement that is easily passed, but but is in every way a hollow and horrifying declaration. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, Jesus' hour had come. Our Lord is crucified. If the humiliation and agony of being crucified weren't enough, the soldiers below him are splitting up clothing and gambling over who would have Jesus' tunic in the fulfillment of scripture. But the scene changes suddenly, drastically, horribly. The apostle John jerks our attention from the face of Christ and the guards pillaging behind him to the feet of Christ, where we find four women and one apostle standing beside him, ministering to him as best as they could. We read, So the soldiers did these things, but, in contrast, standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister. Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. 
Unlike the four soldiers who were plundering goods, these four women and the disciple were focused only upon Jesus. Four women and the disciple whom Jesus loved standing next to him in his most terrifying hour. Then Jesus speaks, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. Jesus calls Mary, most blessed among women, to look squarely at him as he hangs, crucified on a tree. But what is Mary thinking? Had she not heard this forecast by the angel to Joseph that Jesus would save his people from their sins? Didn't she sing once that the mighty one has done great things? Did she not hear Simeon rejoice saying, my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples? The shepherds had heard angels singing of God's glory and the John leapt for joy in the womb at the very presence of the baby savior. The Christ shouldn't die. The king shouldn't die. But my son is dying. Perhaps more than anything, she felt Simeon's words in full force. A sword shall pierce through your own soul. Watching her own child die was as good as being wrung through by a sword herself. I'm the parent of three children. I remember the very first time my son fell and bled blood. I have had many scars and wounds myself, but this is my son. He had cried before, cried through the night, kept us awake. But then there came that first moment where he fell to the ground and out came blood, and it was agonizing. Even now, my third-born, Silas, is cutting six teeth. We have no sleep in our home. (laughs) But the hardest thing is knowing that he's in agony, and I can't really do anything about it except hold him until he gets through it. Jesus commands his mother to look at him while he's on a cross dying for the sins of humanity. Woman, behold your son. Then he looks at the disciple next to her and says, Son, behold your mother. And the disciple understood. Jesus had given him the familial right to care for his own mother. Some even have suggested that this is Jesus adopting him into his own family. And she is taken into the care of the disciple whom Jesus loved. Jesus had fulfilled the law. He has honored his mother, even as he hangs on a cross. But there is way more going on here. The very next verse, 19, chapter 19, verse 28 says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished. This is amazing. From having his clothes pillaged, to having a mocking sign placed above him, to being crucified, and in caring for his mother, And imparting her care to his disciple. All of this was part of Jesus' work that he had come to finish. Mary, she is more than a participant in the narrative. She becomes a marker in the narrative of Jesus' first and final sign, showing that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God. Perhaps you remember the wedding of Cana, Jesus' first sign in the book of John. John chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. When the wine ran out, The mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Jesus sounds remarkably annoyed with his mother here. And while it may not have been his hour, she, he does great wonders. And many saw his glory and many believed. 
that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God. Forecasting, this sign even forecast his own ministry. As good as the Mosaic Covenant might be, Jesus is the remarkably better wine. And now, Jesus, John's final sign is the passion of the Christ. And there Mary stands, and she bears witness that Jesus is actually the King of the Jews, whose wine is the new covenant, whose glory is the cross. This is Jesus' hour. And the wonders he's working are wonders, the very wonders for which he was born. He was born to push against the fall as far as the curse is found. Fully submissive to his Father in heaven, the Son of Mary carries, cares for his mother on earth. And there you see together the first sign and the last sign, fully signifying and proving to all, as John would say later in the book, these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. Mary, did you know that linguistically you'd be John's signal post? I really don't like that song very much. I like to make fun of it in my own sermons, which I have just done. It's amazing to me how the mother of Christ creeps up, not just to be present, but to be proof of who Jesus Christ is. And so I say to all of us here, all of us present, behold Jesus and his mother at the cross of Calvary. Celebrate with us. Celebrate that our Lord cared for her during his greatest need. Celebrate more that she bears eternal witness to the greatest tragedy in history, which would mean the greatest good in history, salvation offered for all. And in Acts 1.14, just alongside John 19, we find that Mary becomes a part of the believing community and is witness to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And she is there at the falling and the filling of the Holy Spirit. And to us, as in every generation who calls her blessed, her testimony cries aloud, believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Have life in his name. And she cries to us now, drink the better wine of the new covenant. See my Son magnified in his glory. Do whatever he says for you to do. Listen to the witness of the Lady of Sorrows as she recounts the suffering death and the resurrection of her son and believe. Stand by her at the cross and mourn. Stand by the Christ as he fulfills all that God intended. For indeed, she becomes the mother and sister of all who do the will of the Father in heaven. And her testimony and the testimony of all the apostles stands true, that this one was the Christ, the Son of God. And by caring for his mother in his hour of greatest need, Jesus Christ proves that he has fulfilled all righteousness and is thus the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the earth. Amen.